and welcome to episode 40 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to get a large game group to figure out who is playing what game tonight. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Cassidy had something unexpected come up, so Ambi and I are going to try and hold down the fort on our own. In this episode, we're talking about building community through games. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like 4X and X Libris. Then, we talk about ways that games can help build and improve your community. Finally, we wrap things up with a look at the etymology of the word community. And now, here are your hosts, Ambie and Crystal. First, we wanted to have a couple of announcements. Currently on BoardGameGeek, the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund auction is running. The Jack Vassal Memorial Fund is a fund that helps board gamers in need, put together by Tom Vassell. So the auction is, there are a bunch of things up on auction and people can bid on them and all of the money goes to the charity. And like anyone can actually put any things up for auction. So we actually have an event for auction. It's a, so exciting. <laughs> a game of Twilight Imperium 4 with us, Roy Kennedy from Epic Gaming Night and Sam Healy from the Dice Tower at Dice Tower Con in 2017 so if you want to go bid on that 2018 or 2018 yes (laughs) next year (laughs) but yes we i'm sorry we do not have a delorean (laughs) to send you back into the past (laughs) that that would that would be worth a lot more that would be really cool (laughs) but yeah if you want to bid on that uh we'll have a link in the show notes and there's also if you're not going to dice tower con and you want to look at other things there's a lot of things up there for auction that you can bid on Though, yeah, a, lot, a lot of really cool things. Uh, gamers and publishers and other people who make stuff related to board mm-hmm. games are all really, really generous and offer up a lot of neat, cool stuff. And obviously, it's all for a good cause. So mm-hmm. a lot of people, obviously, you're not looking for a good deal here. You're looking <laughs> to donate some money to charity and get a cool thing in return. So please, please, please go check out the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. It is a very good cause and... You might get to play TI4 with us, and that's <laughs> pretty neat. Yeah. Oh, and the auction ends on November 14th, so hurry. So it's in like five days from the date yeah. of release of this episode, <laughs> so there's not much time left, but you can come in at the last minute and swipe up that TI4 play with us, <laughs> and it'll be awesome. Another thing is that BlitzCon 2018 tickets are still on sale. To go get information on that, you can go to boardgameblitz.com slash con, C-O-N. BlitzCon will have 100 people and we'll have just a bunch of open gaming over President's Day weekend in February, I think 16th through 19th or something, in 2018. So if you want tickets, go to boardgameblitz.com con. This is your quick reminder that the Fantasy Board Game League is still going on, and I'm still really bad at it, so I could use your votes. Please go to draftmechanic.net slash FBGL and vote for Team Dicey Picks, and maybe I will win at some point. But you know what? <laughs> it's been fun anyway, and it's been cool to have a Fantasy League about board games. So even if I don't win, that's okay, because winning isn't everything. Speaking of fun stuff, we also have a really fun announcement. We are holding a contest uh, courtesy of our awesome sponsor, Gray Fox Games, who has generously provided us with a copy of their brand new roll and write game, Harvest Dice, along with an exclusive Pip the Pig Meeple that one lucky Blitzketeer is going to win. All you have to do 
is go to boardgameblitz.com slash contest and fill out the Google form there. Uh, in that form, we are just asking for some feedback about the show. Not a whole lot, just a few questions. Um, so, But even if you don't want to win a copy of Harvest Dice, we would greatly appreciate if you go and fill out the form because that feedback is really helpful to us. Um, continuing with the show, you know, we're more than a year and a half old now, but we're obviously still willing to make changes if it makes sense. So that form will help us do that. So that's boardgameblitz.com slash contest. Entries will be accepted to win the copy of Harvest Dice until Sunday, November 26th. And then we will be announcing the winner in the episode that follows that date. So make sure you go and fill out the form prior to, or prior to or on Sunday, November 26th, and you will be entered to win a copy of Harvest Dice. So everybody uh, tweet a thank you at Gray Fox Games for being willing to do that. That game just came out at Essen in October. So it's one of the new hot ones and I've heard good things. So a couple of weeks ago, I got a new game called 4X. This is not a 4X game. It's F-O-R-E-X, which is foreign exchange. It's about trading currencies. <laughs> so 4X is a 2017 game by Tom Russell and published by Hollenspiel. And in the last like week and a half, I've played it three times. Uh, once at two players, once at three, and once at four players. It goes up to six players. It lasts about two hours or an hour to two hours, but it's player dependent and can go longer. In Forex, there are seven currencies and you start with money in each one. There's also a chart in the middle that shows the value of each currency relative to each other with tokens representing the currency. For example, at the beginning of the game, one British pound is worth one US dollar, but actions taken during the game can change that. And you want to end up with the most money at the end of the game, exchanging everything into the best currency. On your turn, there are four actions you can choose from. Invest, divest, make a long-term contract, or resolve contract or dividend. To invest, you buy a certificate of that currency and it strengthens the value of that currency compared to all the other ones. Divesting is the opposite. During the game, some dividends get paid to investors, so that's one way to make money. But the main way to get money is through long-term contracts. The long-term contract is saying that you'll pay one currency for another at the current exchange rate, but at a later time. So when the contract fulfills, the currencies may have changed, so you could end up getting more or less relative to, to the original price. For example, at the beginning of the game, one British pound is worth one and a half Swiss francs. During the game, I saw the value of the pounds was low and the value of the francs were high. It was two pounds to one franc, so I made a long-term contract for francs to pounds and got a bunch of pounds. Then I invested in pounds so that at the end of the game, all of those were worth a lot more and I had a lot of money. So the last action you can do is resolving a contract or dividend. When you make one of the long-term contracts, it goes at the end of this contract queue. So when you resolve a contract, the first one in line happens, no matter whose it is. But when you're resolving a contract, you don't get to do an action yourself on your turn. So in all our plays of the game so far, we've found that this action seems weak compared to the other ones since you basically forego your normal turn in order to move the game along. And it actually ends up helping the player to your left in the later game since there's a limited number of contracts and it opens up a spot for them. So I've heard other people having similar problems. So uh, I'm still not sure why resolving a contract would be a good move to make. And it brings the game to a stall and makes it go long since the game length is determined by the resolving the dividends. So that's how the game can last longer than two hours. But other than the resolving the contracts action, I liked Forex and found it really interesting making different contracts and trying to manipulate the market to get a better deal. 
it's definitely not for everyone. Uh, for one thing, it's not always clear who's winning or what you can do to get out ahead. And you can probably tell by the theme of uh, exchanging currencies it's, if it's a game you'd be interested in. We actually got to play it with my brother-in-law, who doesn't usually play many heavy games, but he used to be a high-frequency trader in foreign exchange, so he knew all the terminology when we were explaining the rules. That was pretty neat. That's cool. <laughs> but another thing I don't like about the game is all the tokens. It's really hard to keep track of the changing currencies since you have to move these small tokens around on the chart. It's hard to see what's what's going on. And also the money cards you get are double-sided with different values on each side, which is really annoying to keep track of because you have to make sure it's flipped to the right side. Like I have $1. If you flip it over, then you have $2. So you can't do that. But I do want to play Forex again, but we might end up having to try a house rule for the resolving contracts action. And we might try using like poker chips with currency markers for the currency to make it easier to tell what's going on. But anyway, that is Forex, F-O-R-E-X. I mean, it's it's interesting because I, I like Forex style games. But yeah. yeah, this one, I will admit, doesn't necessarily sound like something that would be up my alley. Yes, it, it's a pun name. But I, mean, I like puns. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, a pun does not always make a crystal game. Yeah, It can, though, for the record. <laughs> Well, a game that is, I mean, I guess there's actually technically some puns in it. Uh, I recently got to play Ex Libris for the first time, which I had heard a lot of buzz about um, coming out of, I think they had copies at Gen Con, and I believe it just recently hit retail. Uh, It is published in 2017 from Renegade Games. Once again, Mm -hmm. uh, here's a spoiler for the end of the review. It's another awesome one from Renegade. I don't know how they do it. It's magic, but... Ex Libris is a worker placement game that sees players collecting books, which are displayed on cards, to add to their personal collection or library in an attempt to have the most impressive collection so that they can become the new grand librarian. The theme, admittedly, is not super strong, like in a lot of worker placement games, but it is lovely nonetheless. So different buildings will come out each round, giving players different places to put their workers, um, which will give them new ways to draw cards, place cards into their bookshelf, or rearrange the cards already in their bookshelf, as well as a few other types of actions. Once a player collects a certain number of cards, and that number is based on the number of players, so it will vary based on how many players you have, then there's one final round and players will score based on a number of different factors, including the stability of their bookshelf, which meaning like a full like block or rectangle of cards that are all shelf stable from the bottom row up. Um, how many books of specific different types that they had, including there's one category of book that will be chosen each game as the prominent works, and those will score bonus points for whoever has the most or the second most or third most of those. Then each player has a secret type of book that is a secret objective, so they will score points for those. And then there's also a category chosen at the beginning of the game is the banned books for that game. And those will score you negative points at the end. It is lovely. I just, I like it so much. And there are some problems, which some other reviewers have pointed out in that 
because new buildings come out every round and there's a ton of buildings to choose from, which I generally like because it gives a game uh, variability as well as replayability. But the text on the buildings is small. So mm. every time new buildings come out, you kind of have to like, okay, wait, which ones were those? Wait, what do they do again? And then one building sticks around at the end of each round, but then the rest of them go away. So every round you're like, okay, so wait, what do these new buildings do? And then like three minutes later, you're like, wait, what does that building do again? And you can't see it very clearly uh, unless it's right next to you because the text is small. So that's problematic. But on the cards, the books all have unique titles, all of them. There's 152 cards in the game and they have 510 unique book titles and they're so good. So I'm going to read you some of the titles, just a few to give you a smattering of what they are. They're all based, they're all thematic based on the category of books. So there's like monster books and spell books and all this other stuff. And all the titles make sense for their category. But like, there's things like, please don't steal this book. <laughs> Grumpy old fuddy duddies. Do wizards dream of magic sheep? <laughs> the off-kilter, kilted killer. <laughs> Juices with various uses. Images you can't unsee, volume six. And poorly translated tales. Like, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. But every single one, like as I was drawing cards, I just kept laughing because the, the book titles are all so interesting. And I guess the designer posted on Twitter at some point about how he came up with some of the titles. But it's just a fun little thing that technically isn't even important to the game. But I loved, 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 loved it. Oh, and one of the factors that I didn't even mention is your bookshelf has to score properly at the end of the game, it has to be in alphabetical order. So each card has both a letter and a number on it. And if anything is not in order by letter and number at the end of the game on your three shelves, then they have to get flipped over and they don't score. So it's like a puzzle trying to figure out like, okay, if I place this card next to this card, then like if I place the A next to a C, then all the rest of the A's and C's and B's in between, I can't put in there unless I figure out a way to move that card later. And so it's puzzly in that way. And it made it really interesting. I liked it a lot. I would highly recommend it to uh, people who like worker placement games and people who like kind of puzzly games because it is interesting and it wasn't as difficult to do as I initially thought and as it might sound based on that description because there's so many cards in the game that if you end up skipping a large group of them in the way you place your books it doesn't mean that you're necessarily out. So that is Ex Libris from Renegade Games. Yeah, I saw a lot of people playing this at Gen Con, and it looks really cool. Uh, I like libraries, so I was interested in the theme. <laughs> yeah, I think no one will be surprised by the fact that I'm a word nerd and <laughs> therefore also like books. So the theme is great. And it's funny because I think in the Dice Towers review video, like Tom rattled off what the theme is. It's like, you're a librarian trying to build up your collection. And Sam went, <laughs> like... <laughs> Because it does, to some people, sound like a boring theme, but it's a real fun game. I And again, the text, problematic. I believe on Board Game Geek, someone has come up with like a um, like a little reference sheet that mm. tells you the descriptions of all the different buildings. But some people have said, well, why wasn't that in the game to begin with? And I, I can see those arguments, um, but I don't think to me that that is a a big enough factor to dissuade people from looking into this. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you should definitely check it out regardless. But 
yeah, note that there is some text that is small, that is difficult to read in the midst of the game. So for our main segment this week, we wanted to talk a little bit about something that is near and dear to our hearts, uh, creating community or supporting communities through gaming. This is something that is important, not just to us, but I think to a lot of gamers. And I think it's something really cool that doesn't always get a spotlight shown on it. Um, we recently, uh, Cassidy and I just participated in Extra Life events in our respective cities. Um, and it's neat because Extra Life is a charity organization that I think kind of more started out in the video game sphere. And the majority of participants in Extra Life do tend to be video gamers. But I think a lot of tabletop gamers have also latched onto it. And the Extra Life people have also supported ta the tabletop stuff. Um, but it's a great way to raise money for the Children's Miracle Network, which I think is a really, really good cause. So that just happened last weekend, although we are recording this prior to that. So I can't tell you how much money we raised specifically, mm -hmm. but it, you know what? Honestly, it doesn't matter. Any amount of money or support to the Children's Miracle Network is good. So that's what makes Extra Life really cool is it doesn't matter how much you raise. And I actually went to, or I'm going to be going to HadeCon in San Francisco, which is a convention where the proceeds go to TK, which is an HIV clinic in Haiti. So it's another way where people can come together and play games to support a good cause, which is cool. I do. I like that there's a lot of different charitable organizations that are around, centered around gaming. And mm -hmm. um, we don't know of all of them specifically, but if any of you are listening and you know of a charitable organization that is related to tabletop gaming, please feel free to tweet it at us and let us know about it. And we can retweet and share because we do want to spread the word about organizations that are doing good work. And especially if they're related to tabletop gaming, because that's the best. <laughs> but I mean, raising money and supporting causes is all well and good, but community obviously isn't just charity. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, building groups of people and supporting a way for people to meet each other and hang out with each other in a community. And I think that gaming is really good for that as well. Mm -hmm. Gaming can be a, a means of community outreach. So this is especially great. Like a lot of people mention the charities and stuff and there are certain people who are like, well, I don't have any money to give, so I can't help out. And while you might not be able to donate to a specific cause, there are lots of things that you can do as a gamer that can help your community. And so I wanted to pull, put it, point out some of those. So like, for instance, you could create maybe, or help create an after school program for kids underprivileged kids or regular kids or anybody um, and help set up a thing, donate some games or not even donate them, but just bring your own games mm. and help teach them to kids who maybe don't have something to do after school. You could go to a hospital. If you, and if you can't raise money for sick kids, maybe you could go hang out with them for a little while. I know that kids that have to be in the hospital a lot, you know, like they don't always get to do fun stuff and having some an adult that's willing to come and hang out with them and play games with them. I imagine that they would 
value that greatly. Or if you're somebody that has kids of your own, maybe you could take them with you. Uh, again, assuming that your hospital is okay with this, obviously you need to, you know, check in advance. Don't just like walk in with a b- bunch of games to be like, I'm here to play. But I honestly, I believe that most hospitals would be, would welcome something like that. You know, yeah, you want to come in and hang out with the kids, play some games with them. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could probably also have events at libraries, after school events at libraries, because I think libraries nowadays, are, they're having more events and things that aren't just books. Some some libraries have board games and other things too. So like where kids can get together and play board games at libraries too, I think is good. Other places are uh, nursing homes. Oh yeah. I'm, I mean, that's the thing. Like it doesn't have to be just kids either. <laughs> Obviously people of all ages like to play games. Yeah. And uh, I know that my, my grandfather is in a VA home and he has said to me on different occasions that, you know, like it can be kind of boring. Mm-hmm. They don't always have stuff to do. They have activities and whatnot. But like when people come to visit, you know, they tend to just come say hi, hang out, eat, maybe eat a meal and leave. And I think board games are a great way not just to spend some quality time with friends, relatives or strangers, but it has, I believe this is, I should, I'm not a scientist and I have not done my the research on my own, but I have been told that board games can help keep your mind active. And for uh, elderly people, I imagine that that's something that would be really neat. Like it doesn't have to be anything super complex, mm-hmm. you know, but getting them to do something that is outside of their norm is awesome and probably really fun for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can build community. It doesn't have to be like typical community outreach communities. You can have communities with like at restaurants or something or like meetups, weekly meetups. Those happen all the time. And just like anyone can come. It's open to everyone. And board games are great because anyone can play them. And you don't have to drink or like be in a specific type you don't have to be an adult to drink you don't have to be doing anything else you can just learn the board game and play it and I think it's easier for people to get into like if people that are shy they can still play board games people are outgoing can play board games all types of people can play it and so I think any type of meetup is is a great way to build any build a community I think that's a really good point because a lot of the social activities that kind of exist for adults do Mm -hmm. sometimes revolve around alcohol. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if people enjoy doing that, but not everyone wants to drink or is comfortable being in an environment where people are drinking. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's also not necessarily family friendly. And sometimes it's nice to have an activity that both adults and kids can do together. And I think board games are a great example of that. Uh, yeah, I used to, the meetup that I now kind of informally run uh, originally started at a restaurant here in town and then moved to a game store and then moved to the board game cafe when it opened. And I mean, it's been a great way to get new people to meet each other, which as an adult, man, it's hard mm-hmm. to meet people sometimes. When you're young, you meet people in school and they become your friends. And as an adult, often you can meet people through your place of employment. Yeah. But other than that, it's sometimes hard to meet people um, aside from the internet, which don't get me wrong. I love it. <laughs> I met my husband through the internet. That's And that's how a lot of people meet. 
I think, significant others nowadays is through online mm-hmm. dating sites. But, like, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of ways to be, like, meet a new best friend. Mm-hmm. It just sometimes happens through the internet. And I've actually met a lot of my very good friends, especially in board gaming, through the internet. And then met them in person later. Like, Some of them like I haven't us. even met in person yet. <laughs> I still think they're good friends. The internet's uh-huh. magical. But I do... The face-to-face interaction that board games give us is something different. Yeah. And it's something really cool. Yeah. And even... You were mentioning that we meet people through our place of employment. You don't... Like, a lot of times you don't know them outside of that. So... We actually have a meetup at work now that a lot of my coworkers are starting to go to. And it's really cool. It's like team building kind of because we get to play board games with them outside of work and then you get to know them better. And I think that's really cool. That is cool. I have definitely done some team building exercises at work <laughs> with board games. And it's funny because you kind of feel like you're sneaking it in there like because we love board games so much that you're like oh i'm gonna call it team building but it is (laughs) like especially if you pick a game that is theoretically like cooperative or puzzle solving or something like that that is team building and Mm -hmm. it gives you a chance to work with people in a different way than you normally do Mm -hmm. and that's really neat so basically i don't this this discussion was something that we wanted to have but we didn't kind of have a lot of direction for ourselves about I just, I think there are a lot of people who are sometimes possibly scared to, you know, reach outside of their comfort bubble. And if you're maybe introverted or if you are worried about meeting new people, like sometimes going to a meetup or a community event can be really scary. Mm -hmm. And that's a completely legitimate thing. But I do think that having face-to-face interactions with people can help us become better people especially you know like the internet can be a real mean place sometimes and that's not to say everybody's mean but there are a lot of mean people on the internet and i think that it can help you humanize other people by interacting with them face to face and Mm -hmm. that's you know there's no better example i think than board gamers because i have met some of the nicest people in the world through board gaming like it's a great wonderful community and especially in person just the nicest people you'll ever meet so great for this week's etymology segment i'm going to look at the origins of the word community originating in the late 14th century community comes from the old french word communité which meant commonness or everybody that word can be traced back to the latin words communitatum and communitas, and communis, which meant common, public, general, or shared by all or many. Another related Latin word, communitatis, was comprised of three elements, com, meaning with or together, munis, a proto-Indo-European root meaning the exchanges or changes that link, and tatis, a suffix that suggests something small, intimate, or local. While I think many of us hope that board gaming takes over the world someday, at least to some degree, it's nice to know that the small, intimate, and local exchanges that link us together can be something special and wonderful in and of themselves. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, to get links to all our social media pages, including our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Board Game Geek Guild. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Make sure to keep an eye out for Harvest Dice, 
a fun roll-and-write game with dice drafting and veggie planting, hitting store shelves this month. Gray Fox Games, quality games cleverly crafted. Want to support our show directly? Become a patron for as little as $1 a month. Just head to patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Our patrons get benefits including access to our private Slack channel where you can chat with us directly anytime. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Check out the other shows in the network by visiting dicetowernetwork.com. Until next time, let's put together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you and I play games? Let's put together, what do you say? If we don't, it would be a shame. Bye, everyone. Bye. And it's over Memorial Day weekend in February. Or not. Oh, my gosh. I'm so bad. (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) Cassidy leaves and the whole show goes to, to pieces. Yeah, I saw a lot of people playing that. <clears throat> Gosh. <laughs> this always happens when I start I know. talking. <laughs> I just realized it's bo- they both have X in it. I know, I did. As I was saying it, I was like, whoa, you could like, combine them. It's like 4X Libras. Like X, X. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I didn't realize that when we were talking about the recent. Nope, me neither. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs>